Hi everyone and welcome to South Asia Sphere, our monthly roundup of news events and developing stories across South Asia. I'm Raisa and I'm joined by my colleagues Shubhanga, Marlon and Shweta. Hi guys. Hello. Hi. Hi. So our big story in this edition is on the economic implications of Russia's war on Ukraine. In around South Asia in 5 minutes, we're talking about the junta's crackdown on the People's Defense Force in Myanmar, the food crisis in Afghanistan, and new regulations on video and streaming services in Bangladesh and Nepal. Uh I'm going to talk about what's happening in Ukraine first and how it impacts the region. So, as you guys might already know, the UN General Assembly called for Russia to stop the war in Ukraine. passing a resolution with 141 nations voting for and five against with 35 nations abstaining from the south asian region nepal bhutan the maldives myanmar and afghanistan voted in favor of ukraine and the un resolution while india pakistan bangladesh and sri lanka abstained Of course each nation voted one way or the other based on a myriad of factors including their pre-existing relationships with Ukraine and Russia but the resolution and the sanctions that are being passed will affect the region in many ways Yeah Raisa and I think analysts and commentators uh, looking at the situation broadly agree that changes like the increase in oil prices or the exclusion of Russia from the SWIFT international payment system will translate into across the board price increases in the domestic economies of all countries in the region but it might be worth recapping some of the specifics of the different countries relations with Russia or Ukraine um so i think we also that um, imran khan was on a two day visit to russia to meet uh, vladimir putin now uh, this visit was a bit bizarre on on many levels um one there was a, a real time crisis going on and the um russian aggressions towards ukraine were escalating um two just a few days before a uh, pakistani ambassador in ukraine assured pakistan's support for ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity um so this visit was dubbed as ill timed by the media in pakistan and the region and malan Wasn't Imran Khan caught on camera saying he was excited to be in Russia when he landed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was like shortly after he landed like you said um he said uh, what a time to be here. I am excited to be here. Now um of course uh, this made rounds in social media and news outlets and uh, Khan was um, <clears throat> vilified for his uh, insensitive tone. Um now uh apart from existing economic ties between the two countries uh pakistan also became the first country to sign a trade deal with russia um on wheat and natural gas imports um further pakistan's long delayed uh usd 2.2 billion north south gas pipeline will be built in cooperation with russian companies and as we reported in our last uh, edition of south asia sphere Um Pakistan is in the middle of an IMF IMF deal. Um there were media outlets that uh, speculated whether um Khan's visit could uh, in fact impact uh IMF support since both the World Bank and the IMF have called for um collective international action against Russia. And Malan I saw that the diplomatic missions in Pakistan had written to the government urging Pakistan to support the resolution. 
Yeah, right. Now, uh, this was a joint letter which was signed by um, 22 diplomatic missions. And uh, there was quite a strong uh, response from Khan at a political rally to, to this letter. Uh, he said, and I quote, um, what do you think of us? Are we your slaves uh, that whatever you say we will do? Um, and uh, he followed that up with, uh, you know, I want to ask the European Union ambassadors, did you write such letters to India? So Russia is one of Bangladesh's main trading partners and its biggest supplier of wheat and fertilizer. Russia also has a major presence in the country's energy sector. Currently, Russia is building the Rupur nuclear power plant in Bangladesh at an estimated cost of $12.65 billion under the intergovernmental agreement signed in 2016, and this project is scheduled to begin operation next year. Disruption in trade, especially export, will be costly, but Bangladesh is likely to continue trade with Russia. For instance, the finance minister announced that they would try alternative measures such as a currency swap in the face of Western sanctions, banning several Russian banks from the SWIFT international payment network. Yeah, Shweta, and in an interesting development, I read that Bangladesh is also being penalized for not condemning Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Now, in past episodes, we've already discussed how COVID-19 vaccines have been uh, used as a tool of diplomacy. And we now see that Lithuania has backtracked on its decision to donate nearly half a million Pfizer vaccines to Bangladesh um, for abstaining from voting in the UN General Assembly. From a public health perspective, Lithuania's move leaves Bangladesh vulnerable as only 54% of the population is fully vaccinated. So analysts talking about the impact of these sanctions on India generally tend to focus on the fact that you know, India has been an important importer of Russian military hardware and technology. So obviously this is going to cause some issues um, in the Russian suppliers fulfilling existing contracts, um, for example, for anti-missile systems and defense frigates. Um, although one interesting detail I recently came across was that the frigates that India imports from Russia um, come with Ukrainian engines. So there's more than one reason why these supplies might be hit. Um, But of course, there are other critical imports too. So in the agricultural sector, there are um, particular fertilizer chemicals, um, sunflower oil, whose import would also be hit. Um, And of course, there are industrial imports like steel, uh, rare earth metals, crude oil, natural gas. And then there's the issue of Russia being cut off from the SWIFT uh, wire payment system which essentially means that Indian exporters will have difficulty receiving payments. Um, reports, Some reports indicate that the government has now formed an interministerial panel um, to look into new sources for these imports um, and also into alternative arrangements for receiving and making payments. In Sri Lanka, the war in Ukraine has impacted its income from tourism since Russian and Ukrainian tourists were among the largest markets to tap into this year. Russia is also the second largest market for Sri Lankan tea. A central bank official said that external trade with Russia and Ukraine amounted to around 461 million US dollars, of which 179 million US dollars are exports, amounting to around 1.4% of exports in total. Sri Lanka is facing a foreign exchange crisis this year as it struggles to meet debt repayments and to purchase essentials like fuel and medicine, 
So the lack of income from tourism will definitely impact the country. Yes, Raisa, and the impact on tourism will also be severe in the Maldives, which was among the destinations which suffered the highest immediate cancellation rates since February 24th, the beginning of the invasion of Ukraine. This was supposed to be a year of recovery for the country's travel industry, but the Maldives tourism minister stressed that 20% of their tourist market comprises of tourists from Russia and Ukraine, adding that their top tourist market this year was Russia and that the war will significantly impact the country's tourism sector. The short-term impacts for the Maldives are flight cancellations, diversion of air routes, and surge in crude oil prices, which will make travel more expensive. But the long-term consequences for the travel industry could be far-reaching. Yeah, and that's similar to, um, as you said, the situation in Sri Lanka too, especially because tourism was also impacted by the 2019 Easter Sunday bombings as well. Um, as a result, Sri Lanka has really been feeling the crunch with several debt repayments due this year. In fact, as we're recording this yesterday, there was a massive protest led by the opposition, um, but there have also been people just coming out on the streets and protesting things like the daily power cuts. But, you know, more to the point of what we were talking about, this is perhaps one reason that Sri Lanka abstained from the UN resolution on Ukraine. And shortly after the vote, it was reported that Sri Lanka had requested around $300 million um, of a credit line to purchase crude oil, gas and coal from Russia. Now, it's not clear whether this request was made before war was declared. But to outsiders, it certainly looked like Sri Lanka was taking a neutral position in order to ask for money to keep the lights on, literally. A Russian trade delegation headed by the Deputy Minister of Industry and Trade also visited Sri Lanka in the first week of March. Moving on to our next segment, Around South Asia in 5 Minutes. So reports from Myanmar indicate that the military regime is intensifying its attacks on People's Defense Forces, um, which is the armed wing of the resistance movement against the February 2021 coup. Um, Earlier this month, the junta government reportedly decided on pursuing a new round of military campaigns against the PDF forces, um, largely in the northwestern Sagang region, which borders northeastern India, um, and which has also seen about 40% of the overall casualty since the military coup. Um, Now, media organizations covering Myanmar have described this campaign as one aimed at, um, quote-unquote, elimination of the resistance forces. Iravadi magazine has, in fact, called it Kill All, Torch All mission. Um, And the report that the aim is to eliminate resistance in the region before the annual Armed um, Forces Day on March 27th. It should also be noted that um, several townships in the region have now been experiencing um, internet slowdowns and shutdowns for months now. And more recently, the internet block has been extended to all but four cities in the region. In Afghanistan, acute malnutrition is spiking across the country, with 95% of households experiencing food insecurity, and nearly 23 million Afghans at the risk of famine. 
The fallout from Russia's invasion of Ukraine, like the supply chain issues and shifting global interest to Ukraine, could also compound the hunger crisis in Afghanistan as foreign aid is diverted to help refugees in Europe. There have been several reports over the last two months of the desperate measures taken by people, such as selling organs to support their families. A new Human Rights Watch report on censorship and violence against Afghan media notes that many journalists said they or their colleagues have been beaten for trying to report on this rising food prices, among other subjects that cast Taliban officials in a bad light. In Nepal, the government has introduced new regulations, making it mandatory for what they term online television channels, which could potentially include YouTube channels, to receive an operating license. The government has also set a fee of 500,000 rupees to receive an operating license. The new broadcast regulations also make it mandatory to classify the program's broadcast. While these regulations have ostensibly been introduced to prevent the spread of disinformation and false news, they will likely impinge on freedom of expression and reduce the diversity of online news and YouTube content if they are implemented. So over in Bangladesh in early February, um, Bangladesh Telecommunication Regulatory Commission, BTRC, drafted a set of rules for over-the-top OTT media platforms. Um, As the Dhaka Tribune uh, reported, uh, the guidelines would require OTT platforms to register after obtaining a security clearance, and they will also have to uh, follow rules regarding obscenity, defamation, and hurting religious sentiment. Um, Now, a lot of criticism is leveled against this draft bill. Um, Access Now, representing an international coalition of uh, 45 organizations, has urged BTRC to scrap the bill. And um, uh, some of the uh, cited repercussions of the bill could um, could involve um, lack of privacy in online communications that will impact individual privacy and businesses and um, the adherence to traceability, which will leave the uh, Bangladeshi digital ecosystem exposed to cyber threats and the overall compliance cost of the regulation to service providers. And now for our culture section, Bookmarked. So let me start things off. Uh, I have a movie recommendation from Bhutan. Um, It's called Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom. uh, I was actually supposed to talk about it last month, uh, but since I couldn't watch it then, um, you know, we, we didn't actually talk about it. Uh, so when I finally got around to watching it, uh, it was um, nominated for an Oscar in the international feature category. Um, now, this is this film is directed by Paavo uh, Doji, um, and, and it marks the first Oscar mo- nomination for Bhutan. Um, the Academy had to actually update its website since uh, it did not have Bhutan or Songkha, the official language of Bhutan, for uh, you know Doji could submit the film. Um, talking a little about the film, I think uh, what I really liked was its uh, cinematography. It's uh, really amazing, you know, the the sweeping landscapes, the expansive mountains are, are shot beautifully, and um, and I, I also listened to uh, an interview. Uh, uh, 
by the director who kind of uh, explained how difficult it was um, for the crew to shoot the film uh, because the trek up to Lunana is actually eight days. This is mentioned in the uh, in the film as well. And uh, they had to take all the equipment, including, you know, solar panels and batteries uh, for the equipment up the up the mountain. Um, I won't go into the storyline much, but it's quite simple and uh, not completely original. It's basically, a, you know, like a city dweller who goes uh, to a utopian village and has, uh, you know, revelations about life. Um, but uh, it's a bit difficult not to like this film. Um, and I think, I guess the ending is not so predictable. So, um, I won't say much more than that. Um, and, uh, I also really like the music. Um, there's actually a folk song that, uh, the main character, uh, has to learn. Um, and it's really, really beautiful. And, you know, after, after the film, I actually checked out some of the, uh, you know, some other folk songs on YouTube. Um, so yeah, this is my recommendation for the month. Thanks, Marlon. So, um, my recommendation is Tech Tales, which is an initiative by Engage Media. Uh, Engage Media is this nonprofit organization which supports digital rights, open and secure technology, and social issue documentaries. Um, and Tech Tales is this series of short films which highlights digital rights issues across the Asia Pacific region. Um, which includes the South Asian region as well. So, for instance, they have an animated short video about a trishaw driver who is always on his smartphone and what happens when he just clicks yes on every permission the app asks him, or rather all the apps that he's using, you know, he's a frequent uh, user of uh, different kinds of apps. And it's kind of told from a child's perspective. Um, which is interesting. And there's another one on Myanmar and the in- internet and information blackout after the military coup a year ago and how it's impacted daily life. Um, that one was anonymously produced and the whole video is kind of shot in dim light so you can't see the main characters, which really underscores how what is considered even an online restriction can also bleed into everyday life. And that's something the film kind of shows in terms of its content as well. Even the videos outside of the region are still like quite relevant, uh, talking about topics like um, online gender-based violence, facial recognition systems and biometrics, and legislation being used to arrest social media users, including cartoonists, journalists, and musicians. Um, In terms of the style of the series, um, it's actually a mix of documentary skits and animated videos. But the common thread is that they're talking about different aspects of digital rights. So if that's something that interests you, I would recommend checking it out. Just a quick question about the Trishow driver who, you know, clicks yes on every permission on the app. Because I mean, I I do that. (laughs) What happens to Guy? (laughs) so he gets he kind of flees he kind of flees the country um because he suddenly realizes that he's being tracked everywhere and he tries to escape from it so he tries to get on a plane and flee to another country and then only to realize that it follows him everywhere like exactly so then um 
the ending is somewhat idealistic in a sense um and you know like i so it's kind of like um uh, it visualizes this future where everybody who's interested in this topic comes together and in the cartoon since it's like done by a child's perspective it's like oh we all uh built this great umbrella which i think is referring to like privacy advocates um which i think is somewhat idealistic um i mean there are certainly initiatives which across borders where people have kind of worked together to try to stop like oversight of tech platforms and things like that but i don't know whether you know it's that possible to really um achieve what they depict in the cartoon which is like protection over everybody but um it's definitely something to that will make you think before you hopefully click yes and um you know accept all the permissions but those agreements are so long you can't read them they are so long but there's you know there's a tool a widget that kind of um breaks it down for you like uh, in summary there's like i think a google widget that does that and um, i forget the name of it but there's like so all the rights that you're signing off for <laughs> yeah so you can see what what exactly you're signing off um and of course there's ways to go back and like change permissions on different platforms as well but yeah i mean in reality people don't really um think about it and people also don't see it as a problem which is like in that sense i think that's what this video is trying to combat it's trying to get people to like stop and think before they uh do it it's just a different tool i'm not entirely sure that uh, it's actually going to change anything but it's like just a different medium i guess yeah thanks raza um that sounds really interesting and i think i'll definitely be watching these documentaries and my recommendation for this month is a collection of short fiction called my pen is the wing of a bird new fiction by afghan women The stories in this collection were developed over 2 years through Untold's Write Afghanistan project which is a program that works to amplify work of writers marginalized by community or conflict. This is the first anthology of short fiction by Afghan women in English translation and the stories translated from Dari and Pashto draw from real life events and experiences the day-to-day and themes like family friendship work and sexuality in contemporary afghanistan um what i liked uh, about the stories is that it kind of gives these writers agency to define their experiences and identities at a time of violence and repression under the taliban and this is also something that's captured in one of the lines in the afterword by lucy hanna um the program director she writes that someone asked me why would why would people carry on writing at a time like this and the answer is that stories help us make sense of our world particularly in the face of uncertainty and fear uh so that's my recommendation for the month and on that note that's it for this edition of south asia sphere do head to our website himalmag.com to see more of himal's work and while you're at it check out our membership plans and support us Thanks everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.